Hello, listeners of Building Bridges. This is Thomas Kelius here. I hope you will love this episode, and until next time, goodbye. Och den som går direkt till final är Jon Henrik Fjällgren, Tone Sekelius, Maria Sopanetos, Marcus Sommartinus, Paul Ray, Loren, Smash It to Pieces, Nordman, Theos, Kiana, Välkomna allihopa till Building Bridges. Jag heter Sebi. Jag heter Jan. Och jag är Dave. Eller, no. Eller David. Ja, precis. <laughs> Och det här är en Eurovision-podcast för resten av oss. Or this is a Eurovision-podcast for the rest of us. Wow, we should really stop doing these in the language. I don't know. Native speakers are Or just practice them first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so welcome to this special Melody Festival episode where we're going to look at all things Swedish. We'll just build one giant bridge to Sweden this week. We'll make it even bigger than the Öresund Bridge. But before we get into the 12 songs in the competition, uh, there's something else making, uh, I guess, some non-music news after the last semifinal. So I think it's safe to say, well, for me anyway, that I think Farah Abadi might get an invite to host Melfest again. I'm not so sure if Jesper Rundahl will. So, Sebi, you know more about this than I or Jan do. So do you want to kind of give us a, a summary of what's been going on in the news in Sweden? Oh, well, you know, it's the same thing as usual. Basically, uh, Jesper has been receiving a lot of hate through social media. Uh, Swedish fans don't really like him that much, it seems. Um, and the thing about Jesper is that he's mainly known as a comedian. He's usually not a TV presenter as such. And yeah, you can see that he's not really a host, a TV host, because he makes so many mistakes. And like every other sentence, you know, he mixes some words up. And I think it's quite... I really like the different touch it has. Like he's very different from previous Melody Festival hosts. Uh, and of course... We talked about this several times already in our podcast. The hate is always unnecessary, especially when it comes to, you know, hosts who are just trying their best. Um, I don't think he's going to be invited again, honestly. But usually, I mean, Oscar Sia did a fantastic job last year and he also wasn't invited again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So should we start talking about the songs? Of course. Let's start. Even even the ones that won't win? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can't. I'm, just I'm talk joking, about of course. Song. That's going to be a very short episode, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Only five of the twelve songs even have betting odds. Like uh, seven of them are less than one percent to win. Like I, I can't remember ever seeing that for that many anyway for a national final. And um, of course, Lorraine is the huge favorite to win. The producers put her tenth in the running order. Of course, why should that matter? Why do we care? <laughs> well, you're going to get a lot of nerdy facts today. So you're going to walk away from this podcast learning something, indirectly anyway. <laughs> so back in 2015, uh, SVT increased the final from 10 songs to 12 songs. So we've had eight winners since 2015. And guess what? Three of them uh, ran in or were in 10th spot in the running order. So that might be a little hint that SVT wants her to win and wants her to go to Liverpool. So you guys at home or even uh, Jan and Sebi, can you guess what the three songs are that won going 10th in the running order since 2015? Uh, Cornelia did for sure. I remember that one for sure. Last year, yeah. Hold yeah. Me Closer was 10th in the running order. Um, There's two more. Benjamin was 11th. I think Jon Lundvik also. Impressive, yeah. 2019, Too Late for Love. Mm -hmm. And then it must have been Mons or Franz. That's the question. One of either of those. I'm not sure right now. Ooh. I think it was Franz. That's very impressive. Franz, if I was sorry. I think it was Franz. What do you think, Jan? Was it Mons or Franz? I would say it was Franz. Correct. Precis. <laughs> if I were oh. sorry. But yeah, so there there actually is something here. Because if, if you tally all that up, uh, on average, the song that performs 10th, finishes in 3.8th 
place. So it, it actually does make it the most coveted spot to have in the running order because no other spot has so good an average. But that wasn't always the case. If you go back to the old days, going first was actually really, really good. So since the language rule at Eurovision was abolished for the 1999 contest, five songs, five of the first 10 songs in the 10 years after that rule was abolished, went first at Melfest and then went on to win. And one even went on to win Eurovision. So now you guys know how, how good are your memories going back to the, to the noughties, to the 2000s? What uh, were the five that went first and won Melfest? It must have been Aphrodite for sure in 2002. Never let it go. Yeah, that's one. Uh, Charlotte Perelli as well. Or Nielsen. With Hero? Yeah. Hero or no, no, The Christmas take, Song? Take Me to Heaven. Or both. Right. Both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she she went first twice in 99 and in 2008, and she won both those times. You got Aphrodite, so there's two more. Mm -hmm. Is it the classic, Listen to Lichetta? Yeah, no, I was believe just about it or not. To say that. No, 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 no friends. Um, Somebody famous won. Who isn't Carola. famous out of those that won? Somebody famous. Ah, fame. Oh, fame. fame. Oh, <laughs> okay. Never mind. Okay. Give me mind. your love in 2003. And then there was one named after a city that I love very much. Ah, Martin Stenmark with Las Vegas. Las right. Vegas, yeah, of course. Yeah. So those, so yeah, so back then that first, that first decade, five, five of them went first and they all won. So how times have changed, right? And of course, people could still argue that now in a show where we've already heard and seen all the songs, the running order shouldn't matter because people's minds are made up already. But I think that this suggests otherwise. I think SVT almost has like a formula when they make the running order every year. And it's different for the semis because, as we know, whenever they present Lotz uh, Hu, right, number seven, whatever that is in the, in the semis or the heats, they're pretty much guaranteed to go on. It was no accident that Lorem was last and last in the last heat too. But uh, when it comes to the actual final, I, I think it would suggest that going dead last isn't great. You want to go toward the end, but not quite the very last mm, one. Yeah. It's quite the same thing with Eurovision, isn't it? Like sometimes I'm, I, I wasn't Pretty doing much. any statistics, but like sometimes when they put the running order, they always put them, you know, the ones who are like ex expecting like a huge televote or mm. something somewhere at the end as well. So it's not like quite a huge surprise. I mean, the last time the entry that closed the show won Eurovision was in 1989 with Yugoslavia. Oh, so that was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> And this makes sense, Great you know, fun. like you wouldn't put the very best song last, you know. And it's mainly because they want to, you know, to to gain all the all the viewers until the very end. So they it makes sense that they don't put the hot favorites at the beginning, because like once you see the, the favorite song mm -hmm. performing like the rest of the show, you know, isn't that interesting. So yeah. maybe that makes kind of a sense, you know. But, you know, in Oops. this particular case, I think it's just so obvious that Lorraine is going to win this. I think this it, would have, yes. it would have made things yeah. more interesting had they put her in spot two or something. Because she still would have yeah. won, but at least that would have yes. kept viewers like a little bit more excited. You know? Exactly. And just, and just to add to what Jan said, too, I think Sweden is, again, a special case. I mean, it's the reason we're having this episode just dedicated to them. Um, but like this, this is in my Swedish textbook. Like this is cultural. Swedes expect this every year, COVID or not. There had the, there, there never was not going to be a Melfest 2021. There had to be. So it's a bit different, and that's why uh, Friends Arena is books uh, solid for this Saturday, March 11th, with 12 a good song and 11 other songs that will be there on stage. And I guess we should probably get to them and talk about them. What do you think? Yeah, let's start. Nusherbi. Let's start before everyone else tunes away. All right, so uh, we'll go in running order. So, of course, the first one is Where You Are, uh, or in brackets, I guess, Savajan in Sami language. And that's going to be Jan Henrik Fjellgren, Ark North featuring Adam Woods, the second longest uh, title of any Melfest song ever. This is actually one of the five songs that has a betting odd. It has a 1% chance of winning. 
And going first, uh, the average place is 7.6 out of 12. So that's the ninth best spot to be in since 2015. So, Jan, you want to start us off with this one? What do you think? Uh, for me, it sounds like, you know, Dennis Osido or Anton Ewald would slow down their singing style and have, I don't know, Kaino on stage. So it's interesting, but I, I predicted it will probably be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I saw this one live, of course, and it closed Dale Tabling at, and I thought this was clearly the winner of that heat. Like, it wasn't even a question, really. But I think in the final, it really doesn't stand out a lot. And even Jon Hendrik has been in Melody Festival so many times. I think the Yoik yeah. is mm. no surprise and nothing new anymore. Exactly. And the rest of the song is like like specifically basic, you know? It's any average <laughs> EDM song that doesn't stand... Like the only thing that makes it stand out is the Yoik, which would maybe stand out in Eurovision, but in Melody Festival, it doesn't stand out at all. And that's why I could even see this like in the bottom three, bottom four somewhere, just because it could get forgotten in the end, yeah. especially performing first. Yeah. So maybe maybe Jon Hendrik kind of paved the way for Kaino, because when we heard the Yoik from Norway, it wasn't anything new if you're in the Eurovision world. Mm. Uh, but I, I just have to agree with Sebi, like, this this is his fourth participation. Uh, and it's funny, actually, because in 2015, he was second. Yeah. Yes. In 2017, he was third. In 2019, he was fourth. Mm -hmm. So logic would dictate this time he's going to get a fifth place, maybe. <laughs> but uh, this song, like especially when he yoikes, it just, to me, um, like Sebi said, this sounds so familiar. Yeah. It sounds just like Yar Free from 2015. Or Enval Full of Strider from his second participation. Mm. Um, and, I, and I wonder why they put him as the show opener. Because like you said, it, it clearly won the first heat. For the second time. It yeah, right. Opened in with Norgen. So that was... Yeah. So, because like, again, talking about running order, like, you, you want a big opening. You want a big bang. You want people hooked and you want them to keep watching. So maybe they have um, a big thing planned. Like I know some years, like they they wheel the contestants out, and there's confetti and fireworks and stuff. The hosts do something. Maybe they've got something planned, even bigger than this song, so that it won't really matter. But uh, I was kind of shocked when I saw this going first. Um, middle middle to low table, I would say mm -hmm. that's going to be my guess. Yeah, definitely his worst. I would say his worst place so far. Probably, yeah. Uh, at the yeah. Mail Fest, yeah. Which is too bad, yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on to another returnee. So Tony Sekelius, who did our opening. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tony. With Rhythm of My Show, also from the first heat, which uh, Sebi was at. Uh, I think I'll start this one off because, um, like Eurovision, nobody has won Mail Fest performing in second place since 2015 and then i got curious to see if melfest is indeed like eurovision and i went back through every single year of melfest and believe it or not one act won melfest in second place performing in second i mean and i had to go all the way back to 1960 with ala andra for varan oh, so my heart there you go Aww. so the, not not exactly a comparison between second. melfest and 60 in this year she also performed second in eurovision then how unlucky can you get as a contestant right <laughs> right so j just based off the statistics uh, i can't see this one uh, doing too well i think i don't think tony will have much luck here uh she's not ranked so she's less than one percent chance of winning um and of course she's big on tiktok big on youtube very famous in sweden um, but after last year, I thought my way was so good last year. I think this is a oh step down from that. And I think Tony wants this to be a big club banger, but it just never, never really gets there for me. Yeah, she was so lovely, like to talk to. And I think Dave, you even replied to me, like saying, like we have great chemistry, Tony and I. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so weird because I think Heat One must have been the worst from the producer's point of view. Because those two that went to the semifinal both failed to qualify. And now they put the two that went to the final in spot one and two. 
So they were really like, just get it over with heat one and then we have the rest of the competition. Yeah, but this this whole thing is bizarre because the, the viewing figures have been way, way down this year. Yeah. So, but I mean, I guess by the time that they realized that, I guess the, the four heats were set, but like, It'll be it'll be interesting to see this Saturday if they if they get the numbers back if people will will watch and vote because they want Lorraine to win or will they just tune out and say oh yeah she's going to win anyway so I won't bother to watch. But about Tone, I must say um, I watched the rehearsals in Gothenburg as well. That was before the snippets or the teasers were even released, or I think they were just released, so we had no idea about the songs. And I really liked this, but then I watched it again. And like it's a bit, a little bit disappointing, you know, because like it starts as a really cool pop song and also sort of like a darker pop song a little bit, but then the chorus is just, it's the rhythm of my show, do, 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 and then it goes on like that forever. So yeah, I you don't also see. Also said it in high. one of our previous episodes that like some of the songs, if not even all of them, actually sounded pretty much good live. Meanwhile, on TV, it was. Yeah just a no-go yeah uh from my point of view when it comes to Tony Sekelius it breaks my heart but in the final this song is somehow you know the one that will very likely on Saturday land somewhere at the bottom part of the scoreboard like mm-hmm. last year like Tony provided an extremely strong convincing empowering performance and but mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, this year, it seems to me that she took two, maybe even three steps back with a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really want her to come back on stage with a strong song to stand behind like she did with My Way. It's still a regular on my playlist. And, and I really want her to, to get back to Melfest stage and to deliver something as she did last year. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think last year she had the song that was her big breakthrough for Melfest, yeah. and it went well, and I maybe the, there was more pressure there for her to return this year, and then the song was either rushed or it was like a last-minute... Yeah, it feels like it was a last-minute choice, yeah. I think. I mean, for my way, it feels like it was written specifically for her. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it wasn't, but like it feels like when she's performing, like it was specific, specifically written for her. So this is why... You know, it's it's such a difference between two songs. It gets way more attention when it comes to that. Yeah, and you know, Melody Festival is just the biggest thing for artists in Sweden. They don't always yeah. compete to represent Sweden in Eurovision. Sometimes they exactly. just compete mm-hmm. to have some screen time in the biggest show in Sweden on prime yeah. time, you know. Which also takes us to the next uh, contender, I think, who has participated a few times. Dave? Yeah, another another returnee, although another one that has no betting odds, unfortunately. Yeah, right, so. Uh, so in third place, it's Mariette. And if you've been watching Malfest the last few years, you know who Mariette is. She's back with her fifth song uh, for Malfest called One Day. Uh, she's always gone to the final, which is amazing. So this is her fifth time, fifth time in a row qualifying. Sometimes she needs a second chance or an Andra Juansen like, like this year. <laughs> Um, but this fifth final appearance ties her for second place with most ever alongside the likes of Magnus Carlson and Jessica Anderson. Mm. So she's quickly becoming mellow royalty in her own right. Only Sana Nielsen has more finals appearances uh, since yes. 2002, since modern Melfest, I guess, with six. She's going to change so, her name to Mariette Moneta soon. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, with this song, uh, I, like I think this is classic Mariette. If I had heard this a month ago with no contest, I probably would have said, oh, yeah, that sounds like Mariette. Mm. But, again, same old, same old. Yeah, I think it's really old-fashioned as well and, like, just super generic. We've heard this so many times before. If you join and join and return and return all over again, why don't you just try something new? That's my question for yeah. Mariette. <laughs> I mean, my my dear Mariette, like, it's great to have you back on stage, you know, but, like, come back with, with songs like you had, like, A Million Years or Don't Stop Believing. Like, it, it... They were awesome. Yes, and way more convincing. And I kind of feel like it's going to be a difficult year to convince anyone with that song. You know, I guess the fans are disappointed every year. Then when performers return to the festival, they expect a lot, and then... 
they get, you know, weaker songs. Mm -hmm. So maybe Mariette one day with a better song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think this is going to end up last. You know, she just made it through by one point through the heat at all. And then she was also fourth out of four in the semifinal. So, yeah. Yeah. And now she's going really early in the running order, too. So that might not be in her favor. So, yeah, probably probably bottom or close to it. Yeah. But as you said but, before, uh, before, before we continue, you know, so, so many of these songs, they're going to be played on, on Swedish radio stations, no matter what kind of placement that would be. And that's also maybe why artists, they go to Melody Festival and to use the platform, you know, just to make some exposure with that song. Not it, It's not maybe their biggest interest just to go to, to Eurovision. No. Like, yeah, this will be on the radio probably all spring, all summer. She'll probably make an appearance at All Song Post... Wisconsin or whatever that's called that show that they do in the summer right so yeah she'll be around yeah and so will our next duo our first 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 timers Marcus Martinus from Norway of course the 21 year old twins with air and they're making their first Malfest appearance so they've crossed the border um, they have nine percent betting odds to win which puts them in second place which to is win. <laughs> which is very impressive with at nine percent. Um, fourth in the running order is actually the fourth best position. This one averages six point one out of twelve, and we've had one winner perform fourth since twenty fifteen, and that was Robin Benson with "I Can't Go On." So, Jan, what do you think of the teenage twins? Well, this young Nor- Nor- Norwegian duo has lent, like, and will probably continue to attract to the screens even the younger audience, you know, that, um, I don't know. Do you uh, hear the screams in the stadium when they perform? It's all, <laughs> it's all teenage girls. It's like, we, I think we're so happy that we don't hear it anyway. But, yeah. like, um, <laughs> they do attract, you know, this younger audience that, you know, that doesn't follow Melody Festival and so passionately. And I, I dare to say that many girls who do not follow Eurovision itself will cheer for them as well. Because, like, based on their, like, on this year's selection, which, as I said, it's relatively weak, I think that two guys will definitely be in top three. But, again, it's all about, you know, the social media impact they have and, and all about the, the base they have around the Europe. So, but... I think it's it's you know they will probably be in top three, but maybe in some other years it wouldn't happen. You know, in 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 some average melody festival in year, that song would probably make it not so high as it will. Like like in a Lorraine-less year, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is a clear second place. I would say even I would be very yeah. shocked if this doesn't finish second. Actually. Um, they had a very good light show. The performance was great. The song itself, again, doesn't really stand out. Like, if I just heard the song, I would be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. The performance it's, was, it's radio friendly, yeah. and that's that's it. The performance it's got a nice hook. This, and, like, you know, their names and the fact that they're really popular. Yeah, I think it's okay. It will be a decent second place. How depressing is that? We're all just kind of shrugging our shoulders. Oh, yeah, this one will be second place. Whatever. Yeah, because it's all made <laughs> Let's it this move way. On. Because, I mean, I think everybody who's watching Melody Festival on this year, they all have this feeling of how SVT just, you know, heard Lorene's song. And they just said, yeah, that's, you know. And they always get so many applications, you know. And I think it wasn't so, you know, it wasn't so hard just to pick, like, you know, <laughs> 40 i don't know average songs you know in in the oh, competition no. and just put it on the hits they're not bad of course but like i mean Lorene is definitely stand out but we will talk about at this Lorene. point i think it's more exciting who's gonna finish between third and 12 than first <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who else is gonna now, there, there could there could be uh, a battle for second place but we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit unfortunately not right away because fifth uh, in the running order is interesting uh, it's also the fifth best spot to have, averaging 6.3. This year, they've given fifth to Panetos with On My Way. They qualified out of the second heat. Um, and we've had no winners in fifth place since 2015. Uh, but interestingly, in 2021, Paul Ray came last in this spot with the missing piece. So I was I was actually really excited when I saw Panetos on the list of participants this year. 
Um, I started watching in 2015, so I don't know their very first performance, but I remember watching in 2016 when they performed Hold on Mi Hort, and I really, really, really liked that one. And I thought maybe the producers would put them to open the show. Um, but, of course, here we are. It, they're in fifth place, and they have, and they put them in the middle between uh, the twins that will probably do really good and our next act, who is also likely going to do very good, mm. Maria Sor. So I really fear they're in the middle of the, of the group, and they're in the middle of two very strong entries. Um, this one's energetic. Of course, it's loud. It's shouty. Uh, the boys are going to be jumping around, um, but I'm not, I'm not sure this is going to do so great. Uh, and I also wonder if this had been in a different heat, if this even maybe would have qualified. Yeah, I think uh, they really stood out in heat two, and that's why they finished second in that one. Um, in the final, it's still a nice song to have, but I just can't see them making a huge impression. Maybe even more with the televoters. But definitely, if if with somebody with televoters, definitely. Yeah, I would also say they're like probably in the bottom half of the scoreboard at the end. Like my musical taste comes to the four indie specifically camp songs. You know, like don't ask me about my favorite from 2016 because it landed at the bottom somewhere. But yet their clip is still, I think, one of the most viewed on the Melfest's YouTube channel. Like, Swedish clubs will definitely be playing that song, you know, um, at full blast this year. But I have no doubt about, I have no doubt about that. But, um, you know, but such songs, as we mentioned just a few seconds ago, can land anywhere between second or maybe, let's say, third and twelfth place at the end. But it's it's... I think it's quite likely that they will gain some, you know, televotes. Um, because, I mean, it's this kind of a song which won't get a lot of points from juries, but will definitely score a lot from the televotes. But it can basically end anywhere between 3rd and 12th, if you ask me. Or 3rd well, and 11th, because I think 12th is reserved for Mariette this year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe maybe they should take some advice from the title of our next song, "Never Give Up" <laughs> oh. by Maria Sur. She also came out of heat two, but unlike Panethos, she has a four percent chance of winning. And sixth place in the running order is actually the sixth best on average. Six point four is the average place here. Um, there's been one winner in sixth, and it was Mons back in 2015. So we haven't had a winner in sixth since him. Um, I really don't want to bash this song. Obviously, she's the Ukrainian participant in Melfest this year. I mean, she fled Ukraine with her family when the war broke out a year ago, and her father is still there. And I think if uh, if my Swedish is good enough, and Seb, you can back me up on this, maybe. But I think they asked her what, uh, like, if she could do, have one thing in the world, what would she have? And she said she wanted to look out in the audience and see her father. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do how do you not cry at that? Right, like. I, I almost cried at that, and I never cry. Mm. So I'm I'm kind of wondering if SVT is going to work some like huge miracle and have him kind of like pop up in the audience on Saturday when she's done performing. Oh uh, my god! I don't Can know if like could you exactly imagine if they could? That would be so cool. But um, oh, wow, like it's it's an emotional song for her. Uh, it's all she's been through, um, and it's going to get votes for that. But in terms of just the song. Um, for me, it doesn't really stand out. It's kind of bland. And uh, and honestly, right now, I'm trying to think about the song, and I can't even remember what it sounds like. So uh, that, that that worries me. But again, she, she, she will get votes. I mean, I actually like the song. What bothers me more is, like, the lyrics of the song, because they are so cliche. At this point, like, I know nothing about songwriting. I think I could write the lyrics of a melody festival and song like it's my pain standing in the rain never give up you know <laughs> it's so cliche it's, yeah. it's so over there's a fire it's, which gets me higher um, you know like this kind of yeah. i think lorraine is of course lorraine is a huge contender for all of them but like sp specifically maria because i think they're the only two real like female power ballads and Lorraine just takes the cake in every aspect with that. 
Um, but I still see her doing pretty well. I would say she's gonna be like maybe between fourth and sixth somewhere. I don't really see her in the top three all the way. But yeah, she's gonna do well, and she's gonna she's surely gonna build a career in both Ukraine and Sweden on that. I think that she will, as Dave said before, she will get a lot of sympathy votes just over her story, which is makes. No, I didn't sense. say that. I merely implied it. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like for me, never give up is like a completely ordinary and average melody festival and song which we see every year for the last 20 years on the stage of the Swedish pre-selection for Eurovision. So it's basically this kind of formula it is on the stage every single year. But for me, unfortunately, Dana doesn't say anything new in this three minutes while she's on the stage. It seems that we always expect something more from Sweden because, you know, they always, except for this year, offer so much much more in their like six week shows than the rest of the pri- the rest of the competing countries in Europe and Australia obviously so there's a good chance that I will forget about this song by May um pretty easily but like yes again she will probably do very very well all right so we'll move on halfway now so song seven is actually the third best spot to have average is 5.1 out of 12. Uh, and we have our first rock song since 2014. And it's got 2% in the betting odds. So Sebi saying earlier, you think Maria might fall down from the, the top three. If there's a challenge here, I think it might be this one. Maybe smash into pieces with six feet under. Maybe that could even challenge Marcus Ocmartinus for oh, second. I hope so. Because this one is be so great. different. Yeah. Right? We've only had one winner perform seventh. And that wasn't that long ago. That was in 2021 with Tusa. So, Sebi, what do you think of Smash Into Pieces? You seem excited. I love this one, and I really hope... I mean, I could see this go either way, because, you know, Melody Festival can really be stupid with the voting sometimes, and really unreasonable. (laughs) But I hope that they will get top three, and maybe even second place, because they were in the same heat as Lorraine, so that's why they didn't win that heat. But they could still, like, you know the first two from that he could still be the first two in the final and yeah i think it's great it's definitely also my second place from the whole melody festival lineup this year yeah i wish them all the best after quite some time um a track that apart from the logical winner of the evening uh actually caught my attention like the song like really works with enough angst to keep your focus until the end. And it reminds me a little bit of some, this little influence maybe of some Nightwish sound, you know, with um, with with the good impact of Swedish production. Top five, I mean, for me, I think undoubtedly. And also, as Seb said before, uh, even though there's so much hype for second place for Marcos and Martinus, um, for me, Smash Into Pieces flies directly to second place in the competition without any thinking at all. Yeah, it, re- it really stands out. Um, yeah. Like, we've got to go back to Yohio in 2014 to find Rock in the final. Um, and Rock is having a resurgence this year. I guess it's a big umbrella of Rock. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we just saw Lord of the Lost win in Germany on Friday. SBS internally selected Voyager for Australia a few weeks ago. We've had a lot of rock songs in other national finals this year. So I'm really not surprised to see this one. Um, and, and not just in the final, but being one of the five that actually have more than a 1% chance of winning, yeah. according to the bookies, yeah. uh, even though it is just 2%, right? But I mean, it's got a nice hook. Uh, it's rock enough to stand out, but nothing too hardcore that might scare away other voters. Hmm. Uh, they use those cool kind of see-through LED screens that were used so well in Rotterdam uh, with that giant screen that came down the middle. You remember of the stage? Yeah. Not so good in Torino last year as they were under the stage and popped up, which was weird. But anyway, uh, I, I just think the song is nice enough. It's got a nice mix. Um, it's quite radio-friendly as well. I, I think they'll be hearing this one all summer in Sweden. Yeah. Right. So, number eight, Kiana. Not Kiana. Kiana. <laughs> Where did you go? She qualified through the semifinal because she finished third in, uh, or fourth actually, I think, in the fourth heat. 
eighth third. is the eighth. Third. Was the third? Okay. Marietta was so fourth. eighth spot is the eighth best one to have, looking at the data. Um, and no one has won in this spot since 2015, at least. Um, we've got another young star here uh, at Melfest this year. In fact, to qualify, she had to perform in the fourth heat because the day of that show was literally her 16th birthday. And uh, in an interview I heard with her, like she's basically been groomed for this her whole life. Her mother has had her in singing and dancing lessons basically since she could walk. She's done more children's talent and, and singing shows than we could mention and we don't want to mention them. There's so many. Uh, but I mean, needless to say, this hard work has paid off. She's got a dream team of writers on the track. She's got Jimmy Joker Tornfeld, Roy, uh, Joy Deb, sorry, Linnea Deb, who of course wrote on Heroes. Like they're famous, famous Swedish writers, best from the country. Uh, I, I kind of hope Jan's going to agree with me, but this is a banger. I know she's only sixteen, but I try not to think about that. But what a song! Like I could really envision this in the clubs and the discos this summer. Uh, and I don't think we've seen the last of Kiana at Melfest. I just don't think this is going to be her year this year. Well, you know, when we followed the national selection San Marino, well, at least Dave and I, we were sure <laughs> of the victory of the Australian Alfie Arcuri. Was, yeah, was he? Alfie. Alfie but Arcuri. The Eurovision ticket was in his, in his favor. And it also seems to me that Kiana will not be the third Australian who could stand on the Eurovision stage this year. Um, heard this many times, sung many times, and expressed many times. Uh, at some moments, for me, also a little bit of irritating, and definitely not. Um, I mean, it could be a banger in studio version. I don't feel like it in the live version, though. Um, and I have to, I have to disappoint you, Dave, on this one. Uh, but there are some other bangers for me in this competition. <laughs> Yeah, it, and I'm glad you said this because Skrillex doesn't count. <laughs> of course, yeah, never counts. You will never forget Skrillex, right? I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. Yeah, for me, Justice it's also not a song that I would listen to, but uh, definitely a performance I like to watch, especially when she does that choreography. It's just impressive, and she does it so effortlessly, mm -hmm. and. She really, you know, she's only 16, and I think we can all agree that we hate Junior Eurovision with a passion. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we can guarantee to all the listeners that there will not be any specific episode about Junior Eurovision. So if but you're I in also, that... I also see why, you know, they allow artists to enter at 16, because, you know, she still has that really juvenile spirit and that energy, you know? Yeah. And it's so fresh uh, the song itself heard a thousand of times before but i think exactly. the choreography makes it stand out um in the competition itself i don't see it really high i would say anything is possible but i would say something like top eight at best right well we we shall see but i think again what you said is right like she's 16 not going to win, obviously, this year, but um, she'll be back and she'll take the experience and what she learns this year. And maybe if she comes back when she's 18 or she's 20, at least then it won't be. She, she's got that first one off her back. She might be able to enjoy and relax a bit more and, and yeah. do something a bit better for the next one. She's got uh, but a we huge to... amount of career in front of her, you know, so she still has oh, a yeah. lot of time to, to deliver with some. Yes, she's a baby. She's nothing yet. She's got lots of time. Uh, but we don't, so let's keep going with Norman. Slip a la sorier, let go of all sorrows, I think. Mm -hmm. That's right. Good. Um, so this, uh, historically, this ninth place usually gets you around seventh. It's the seventh best one to have. And no one's won in this spot since 2015. Speaking of 2015, there's something about the chorus of this song that reminds me of Hassa Andersson's it just puts, I don't know why, it just reminds me of that song. Um, and the song, I feel, will skew some of the results from the older age groups, maybe. Like, there's obviously a lot of nostalgia here with Nordman, which will get them a yeah. few votes. Like, the group formed back in 1993. Poor little Sebi was still up in the cloud back then. Um, and they haven't been at Melfest since 2008. 
So, uh, yeah, so they'll probably get some uh, votes from the older groups, but you ever know they might grab some from the younger audience as well. This is a nice little mix of folk and pop, and it's not offensive, so who knows? Maybe maybe the younger groups will vote for this too. Yeah, I think this is actually one of the few standouts in this lineup, and I think compared to Jon Henrik Fjellgren, this one works better with the ethnic aspect, you know? And I... They won the semifinal just a week ago. I definitely see them in the first half of the scoreboard. Um, maybe sixth or fifth, something like that. Not They're not going to challenge for top three, but they're definitely going to get a lot of points from the televoting. I'm not sure about the international juries because, you know, they probably don't know who they are and like what their music stands for. But televoting, this is going to get a lot of points. And I think... They're gonna do quite all right. That uh, oh. that reminds me of uh, of was it last year? Anders Bagge, it was Anders Bagge Anders. last year. Yeah. Did so poorly with the juries, but then won the televote by a, a half a million votes over Cornelia. So, wow, yeah. No, like for me, Nordman is actually, in my opinion, an interesting addition to this year's selection. Although I don't think it's one of those candidates that could be a big competition to win the whole thing. I nobody is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I quite like this. You know, Scandinavian sound. Like it even sounds a, a bit Viking. You know, super likable. I enjoy it very much. Um, as I said, unfortunately, it's. It's not a winning contender, uh, but definitely points um, to that that the song is in Swedish. Right. So, deep breaths, everyone. Deep breaths. Are we ready? <laughs> okay. Song Getting 10, as we said before, is historically the best one to be in. We've got three of the last eight winners going 10th in the running order. It's, of course, Lorraine, or Lorraine, depending how you want to pronounce it, with Lorraine. Tattoo. The double Lorraine. E. Yes, Lorraine. we can even roll the R's, of course. <laughs> um, qualified number one out of the fourth heat. No shock there. Uh, at time of recording, and of course this might change, but currently she has an 82% chance of winning, according to the bookies. Uh <laughs> Yeah, um, so of course, like I said, this spot, this spot 10 is where you want to be. It's yielded the most winners of any Melfest finals since 2015. Uh, two weeks ago when Tattoo was released, it smashed Melfest records with over 400,000 streams in Sweden on Spotify the day it was released alone. Um, and Sebi, how many streams does she have now? I think she that just was almost reached, two weeks ago. She just reached 5 million streams, which is yeah, by far the most yeah. streamed song. <laughs> and she she would have more if I had Spotify. So there you go. Um, and I I just checked as well on the Melfest uh, YouTube channel. She's got two point two million views for the official video from the Heat. But of course, she's also got that on her channel, and it's been upload. People are uploading it to their own channels. So millions of views on YouTube. To add to that, um, I mean, what can we say about Lorraine and and can any of the other acts possibly beat her? No, and I think when it comes to Lorraine, <laughs> no. we can cut this quite short because um, we already talked about her in the previous episode. Um, mm. This is amazing. Ever since Heat 4, I had Tattoo playing on repeat. I send you guys random voice messages where Tattoo is just starting to play at some points all the time. Yes, yeah, so that's not at all annoying, but continue. <laughs> oh, as if you don't enjoy those. <laughs> and yeah, me for me personally, this is better than Euphoria. I know a lot of people Definitely don't agree miles. with that. Yeah, but yeah, it's gonna win, and it's a huge contender to win in Liverpool. So that's all I can say. I, I'd like a nice remix of this, like a club remix of it. I think because it's it's uh, parts of it are almost there you could dance to, but like if we could have a three or four minute long, you know, club version, that would be really great. So Jan, you kind of agree with Sebi, but what else do you make of Tattoo? Oh, definitely. Like my dear Lorene, like despite my uh, great passion for Eurovision, I have to admit and agree with Sebi that the Euphoria isn't not even like in my top ten Eurovision songs of all time. 
And maybe because I still hear it, you know, constantly everywhere today, even nowadays and on the radios. And mm. I feel that it is losing its value, you know, after so, so many years. The fact that Tattoo is a better song, more elaborate in production as well, which is not a surprise. You know, music evolves just like technology. And Lorene is definitely one of those artists who, who you believe every word she sings and says. And an absolutely excellent performance that I spin several times a day, all the time. I played constantly and uh, people are slowly asking me about my health several times <laughs> per day. But uh, yes, Lorraine is, I mean, she should just, you know, now she should start packing for Liverpool. Like, that's it. Like, I mean, this is out of her four attempts, if I'm not wrong. Definitely fourth, the best yeah. one. But like... Euphoria isn't the second one. For me, like it goes like it first one is the two, the second one is my heart is re refusing me, then we yes. have statements, and then we have euphoria. Because <laughs> oh. it's yes, maybe quite unpopular opinion though. <laughs> that is a statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is indeed. But like um it, it's it's an excellent song, both studio yeah. and live version. And I I don't recall a hype like this in a national selection, both like both the national selection and upcoming to the Eurovision, to to not to have any competition at all. You know, like I think everybody in Sweden and elsewhere are so calmed be because they know what's going to happen on Saturday. Like, imagine <laughs> if if I don't know something else happened. Like I think that that should be like really huge backslash. You know, like, after Poland, I'm actually a little bit scared. Because everyone was just about Poland to say Poland. Yeah. <laughs> so now, if that happens again, and Mariette is going to win with one day, you know. No, no, I don't think that's, no. that's so likely. <laughs> but like, no, yes, so... again, I really, I really hope that, I, and I hope she won't be because Swedes do, doesn't really change their um, performances because they go with with a mentality of if that works for Sweden, it should work for yeah. you know Europe and, and Australia as well. In, and they started from the beginning and they just keep it this way and it's brilliant, you know, and, and I don't know, I, I just love it and I can't wait that we finish recording this so I can go on my 500th stream of that song <laughs> in that week. So, <laughs> Well, I, I agree. Uh, compared to Euphoria, the staging has improved and, and that's just Lorraine and, and I mean, even uh, statements, I mean, the, the staging was better than euphoria. Euphoria was quite minimalist. So I guess it's not overly difficult to top that. Mm -hmm. Is this song better than euphoria? I don't know. I think time will tell. Um, it's still quite early. We'll see, you know, once, once the dust has settled or once the fog from the performance has settled, uh, we'll know that maybe what I'm interested in is the voting. Because again, I'm geeking it like, and I suck at math. I failed math in school, but for some reason, the numbers here just have me completely enthralled. Because we're gonna go for the second year now with this new voting system, where they give uh, the Eurovision points broken down by age groups. Yeah. It's still fifty-fifty between the juries, the international juries, and the Swedish public. But because they're voting by age now, and in the past they used to get a percentage of the overall televote. The numbers are going to be very different. Yeah. So I, I wonder how close Lorraine will come to actually maxing out the possible vote. So that's what I'm going to be looking for on Saturday. Because in the old system, you would have eight countries voting. The best anybody could do would to be to get 12 points from each of the eight juries. So 96 points. Uh, Jan Lundvik had that in 2019. So he finished atop the leaderboard with 96. But... Jan Lundvik went on to get a percentage of the overall televote. So let's imagine that on uh, Saturday, we're still using the old system. Every single Swede votes for Lorraine. She gets 100% of the televote. She would get 464 yeah. additional points for a total of 560. Then the second place, let's say that song was Mariette, and Mariette got tens from the eight juries, and then zero from the televote, because nobody else got any votes. There would be this huge gap, so 560 for Lorraine, 80 for Mariette's, or whoever your second is. But that can't happen anymore. So the most she can do is get 96 from the juries, and then each of the age groups plus the telephone vote gives her the maximum 12. 
the most anybody could possibly get is 192 points. So I want to see on Saturday if it's going to be a clean sweep of the eight countries and the seven age groups and the phone vote and see how close she gets to 192. Uh, All that means, basically, what I'm trying to say is she won't break any records for the most points, whatever happens. Um, You don't have to go back far. Again, Mons in 2015, he got 35% of the televote, so that gave him 166 points. And he had well over, I think it was 280-something points total. So she won't break that record. But um, if she gets 192 points, that would be phenomenal. Also, I'd like to point out, I'm going to say it here first, I think when she wins, and then if she wins Eurovision, I think SVT has the stage opening sound, the stage ready sound for next year. Like they did in 2013 in Malmo when Euphoria won, they started with that from the start of Euphoria. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I got about? scared yeah. a little bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I mean, I was listening and at some point it was like, and I was like, oh, okay, back to focus. Okay. Yes. So the, the, the start of Euphoria, the first two seconds, which was the stage opening sound. And she has this weird little noise, almost like, I don't know, like a piano something or other. Uh, the first two seconds of Tattoo. So I think if she wins and if... Well, if she wins Eurovision, I think SVT will do the same thing. That'll be the stage-ready sound yeah. next year. Said it here first, but we have to wait and see. Oh, oh! By the way, I like the song. I got distracted. I forgot to tell, <laughs> say anything about the song. Uh, so here goes. I like it. I really like it, and I think it should win. I don't think there's anything else I can say. But we yeah. have, okay. still have two more songs to go. So it's Isn't that awful? That's yes. awful. Yes. So uh, our second and last song in Swedish is Teos, Mer of Day, Some More of You. This 11th place is actually the second best one to be in. It averages 4.4 out of 12. He, of course, had to go through the second chance round through the semi. Uh, and we've had one winner since 2015. Benjamin Ingrosso won in 2018 in 11th place. So what do you think, Jan? I mean, I think this is my favorite song in the Swedish language this year. Um, Teos is interesting, you know, knows the dance moves and definitely creates a good atmosphere. Um, The song somehow sticks in my head for no particular reason. And the outcome of this song could be really interesting. So let's wait until Saturday's big finale. I really like this. I think um, I'm really mad, actually, that they put him right after Lorraine because now he's completely chanceless. I still hope that he can get, you know, in the middle somewhere. I know he doesn't have the best odds just because he had to go to the semifinal. He finished second there, which is all right. But, you know, I really like them. And I actually wish they would have put him to close instead of the next one. Yeah, it's 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 not really the best thing to go like whoever you are to go after Lorien in 2023. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean no. it's it's not a bad spot historically cuz I mean like I said the, this is the, it's the second best spot to be in. It's just that the fact of the matter is you're going right after Lorraine who has an 82% Running chance order of winning. Isn't just so number, numbers. Running order is also who else is there. You can have yeah, exactly, exactly. Spots. So we have to take that into consideration. Um, but also, he's singing in Swedish, which is another element of this. Traditionally, audiences in Sweden and the international juries have not rewarded songs in Swedish. So makes makes you wonder, like you said, if there's any hope for poor old Teos. Uh, I do like this song. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a downgrade from Som Duvel from last year. But, I mean, it's still fun to throw on in the car, you know, driving for groceries, put it on. It's catchy as hell. And and can I just point out, I, we have another youngster here. We have another baby. He's 17, and he's in his second Melfest final, and he's yeah. going right after Lorraine, who was also in her second Melfest final, but she's 39. So, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of incredible when you think about it. So, that's the yes, the real winner. So, good for you, Teos. Congratulations. So Gratis. Far, out of Gratis, three uh, Swedish songs that we have in the final, he still always ranked lower than the other two. He mm. ranked lower than Panietos in the heat, and he ranked lower than Norman in the semifinal. 
So we'll see. It's it's going to be tough. But at least he's not performing last. I know you said you wanted a nice closer. He, he would have been fun to end off with. But uh, the 12th spot since 2015 is the 11th best spot. So the second worst spot. Uh, and this year, the honor of closing goes to Paul Ray with Royals. Uh, no one has won in this spot since 2015. But that's not to say it's impossible. The last winner that went last was in 2007 when the ARC won. Um, and there were, there were a few at that time, actually. Malena Hermann's Lavoie was last. And, of course, Popular by Eric Sada was also last at Melfest and won. Uh, but being the closer, you know, in this case, I don't think isn't ideal again for the same reasons we said with Teos. Could Paul finish in last place again? Will people just tune out after Lorraine? Maybe go to the washroom, grab a snack, grab a drink. You know, it's, it's really hard to say. I just think it's nice now that we finally have Paul not singing another boring ballad. So I'd like to hear some more of Paul Ray's maybe upbeat tracks. But uh, I'm still struggling to find some really nice things to say about Royals. Although maybe he could sell it to Netflix. Uh, I heard uh, Young Royals is being renewed for a third season. Maybe they could use a new soundtrack so he could make some money off this because it would go really nicely, I think, with uh, with that show. I was actually quite positively surprised by this song. And it I, I just don't get why they chose this one to close the show. It doesn't really hit you that hard, you know. I would say even Teos or Panetos would have been better options to close the show, maybe. Um, maybe this makes him, this helps him actually, because, you know, somewhere in the middle, he wouldn't have stood out at all. And maybe as the closer, he can get a few televote points. But yeah, I still don't see him doing super well. Also, probably second half of the scoreboard. Well, as Sebi said, it's quite, you know, um, it's quite strange to see him closing the 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 final um i could totally sign up for uh, panetos or teos closing the whole thing um to giving the nice message of closing the whole evening and and stuff um you know but as we said this year is like one of the weakest years we had quite some time now and um but yeah well i believe that the song will definitely be playing on the swedish radio stations but um Paul will not, I think, be seen on the main stage in the United <laughs> Kingdom later this year, if we say it very nicely. So, um, well... He does need know. to apply for a British visa, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, that's kind of it. All right, should we, should we do a game quickly? Do we have time? Yeah, of course. Why not? Uh, I think it's Definitely. my turn okay. this time, right? <laughs> So despite that be. I lost Let's last time, that. I still can make it up this time. Okay. <laughs> I have an entry, though. And of course, it has a little something to do with what we just talked about. You know, as much oh, as wow. last time or any other time. Here goes. <laughs> any Eurovision song from any year. Hint number one. One of the performers of that song wrote another song that participated in Melody Festival in 2023. So one of the performers... Wait, what? <laughs> Say that again. One Let's try that again. One of the performers of that song oh, performers. Okay. wrote a song for Melody Festival in 2023. Is this a Eurovision song or a Melfest song? It's a Eurovision song. Ew. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> this is evil. Um, I have no idea. Oh, 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 my God. Uh, chest hair. What's his name? Um, uh, Estonia guy. Um, it's not Victor Chrome Storm. No, God damn it. Okay, you think he writes his own songs? Have you heard them? No, yeah, that's what that's why that's why I thought it was him. (laughs) Okay, all right, let's go to hint number two. Um, the entry we're talking about, obviously won its national final, it was chosen to represent its country, but yet it never made it to the Eurovision stage. But it is an official entry. So it is from 2020. This is what we know for now. Okay, 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 okay. Mm. Oh, wow. So we are talking about a song from 2020. From 2020, yeah. 
it's, wrote a song so for it's, it's not the 2023 and I it wasn't the, solo the mamas the mamas the mamas yeah no 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 because <laughs> Lu- we had lulu this year we did yes <laughs> Oh she, was <laughs> she was lovely. She was lovely. I still what can't believe Denmark? she was immediately rejected. What about Denmark? This is also something that could be on the same Scandinavian continent. <laughs> ben, ben and Tan? Ten? Yes! 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 <laughs> I won! No, yeah. no, I didn't, but like, oh my god! So that's two points to your account. Um... My third hint, I don't know if that would have helped anything, was that it was the only song that year that performed in an in an empty arena. Because you know, oh, that yes, Denmark. I remember helped. Denmark yeah, did, Denmark. and then Sweden what? didn't. Okay, we hope that you like this episode. We hope that Lorraine is gonna win. Maybe <laughs> if not, we're having an issue <laughs> publishing this. That would episode. be another bonus. Lorraine <laughs> yeah. doesn't win. That would be yes, yeah. Yes. What the hell happened? Episode for itself. Yeah, that would be the. Thank you again for yeah. for joining us. Don't forget to 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 uh, follow us on our social media. Yeah, we are building on the Lamb Bridges Online podcast on Instagram. You can also uh, text us, give us uh, ideas of what you would like to hear from us, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Hey, door. Hey, door.